Hey everybody, welcome back to Finance in a Flash. We have back Aaron Campbell to continue our series on mid-career professionals. Aaron, how's it going? Great, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, So today we're going to be talking on saving strategy. And what is that? I mean, it could mean anything. And we're going to kind of break that down later on. So we've gone through cash flow, budgeting, emergency funds, debt, and this is kind of, you know, what's next in line on our, you know, our financial planning timeline, if you will. That's right. Um, so what, what even, what is a saving strategy? Well, I mean, we always get people that come in and they say, okay, I've got all these different goals. You know, I've got goals for, you know, my retirement. I've got goals for things I want to buy. I've got, you know, education goals for my kids or whatever. And so kind of what way do we get there. And so a lot of times, honestly, it's customized to everybody that we work with, but um, it's a situation where you're sometimes saving simultaneously to multiple goals. Okay. Um, And so it's really just ordering. I've only got X amount of money per month that I can put away. What's the best and most efficient way to, to set that money aside? Yeah. And so, you know, with that in mind, I think it is important to say, you know, as we go through, we kind of have, you know, four or five, you know, in order that we think is most important to save to first. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you can only save to number one and not to number three or number right. one and not number two. Like it can be all of these. It's just like, where does it, where does it go as far as like the hierarchy? Yeah, it's the pecking order really, yeah. right? Yeah, so. exactly. So where is the first, again, it may depend, but generally speaking, where is the first place that, you know, I'm a mid-career professional, I'm looking forward to retirement. Where do I say first to get ready yeah. for that? I mean, I think for everybody, first out of school, first yeah. job, whatever, the very first thing that everyone needs to do is sign up for their retirement plan at work yep. and at least contribute enough to receive the employer match. I yep. mean, that is free money. Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, if the employer is going to match, you know, 4% or 3%, it doesn't matter, honestly. Yep. You just want to make, make sure that you're taking advantage of the match. And so first thing out of the gate, that's what I tell everybody to do. You want to at least make sure you're getting the match. Now, I do have some people who say, okay, my employer doesn't match. Should I mm-hmm. still contribute to my 401k plan? And I think the answer is yes, but a lot depends on their tax bracket. But I also like 401ks because they're systematized. Exactly. You yep. know, it comes out of yep. your paycheck every single month or every single week or however often you get paid. You don't have to think about it. Most plans these days, they're automatically invested. Um, and so it's an easy way to just set money aside without thinking about it. And so for that reason, even if you don't have the employer match, I think people ought to contribute to them. Yeah, and that's that's a good point that you don't, you know, I, I guess if you study your pay stubs, you can, but how many very little people look at every single pay stub, yeah. right? I mean, it's something that's taken out, you know, and obviously the rest goes into your bank account or you get a check or whatever, but it is systematized, like you said, and that's something that is a huge advantage because you're not, you don't have to think about, okay, where should I invest this money this month? That's already predetermined. Right. How much should I do? That's already predetermined. All these right. things are already predetermined. And so it's so easy just to kind of have it on a, on a system, on right. a roll. And I usually also would say you need to do a percentage of your income. Don't yeah. do a dollar amount. 
Yeah. Don't say I'm going to do $100 a week. Actually do, you know, 3% of your salary or 5% or whatever that number is. Because then as you get bonuses and pay raises and such, that amount automatically increases. I've seen so many people who started out with $50, you know, a week and they never increased it. Yeah. And then now their salary is such that they could have been doing a lot more yeah. and they just never actually increased it. And so doing a percentage makes a lot, a lot more sense to me. Yeah. And like I said, the employer match is huge. I mean, it's, it's, I guess nothing is technically free, but I mean, if you're saving to that account anyways, why not save, you know, a percent more just to get that employer match and that, you know, employer could be putting in, you know, thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars every paycheck that's going towards funding your retirement. And you Mm -hmm. don't have to pay any extra for that. No, it's perfect. I mean, it's kind of an, it's, it's, it's the easiest thing that people can do and that I I look for them to do right out off out of the gate, um, right when they get their first job. Yeah. And so, and that, you know, just regular 401k, but what is a, what's a Roth 401k? How does that differentiate from just a traditional 401k? Yeah. So anytime you say Roth, yeah, that just simply means that the money is not tax, uh, not going, coming out of your paycheck with a tax deduction, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not tax deduction, but it'll never be taxed again. Um, and so a lot of times that Roth 401k versus a traditional 401k, what I'll look at there is is the tax bracket the person's okay. in. So if someone's in a really low tax bracket, you expect later they'll be in a higher tax bracket, then maybe the Roth makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, if they're, you know, making pretty good salary, <laughs> I, I, I tend to almost always pick the traditional 401k because those people need the tax deduction, exactly, quite honestly. Yeah. And more than likely, at the end of their career, when they retire, they're probably going to be in a lower tax bracket at that point, Yeah, potentially. You would would think so. And it's important to note, too, that the employer matches in 401ks are always in the traditional kind of bucket. So those were always tax-deferred and and then taxed when they come out. So that's an important thing to note. So it gives you a little bit of a a diversity as far as types of accounts if you're doing a Roth 401k with your money, but the employer's putting it in the traditional bucket. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that makes, you know, that makes great sense. And the tax bracket is, is huge when determining that. So that's number one, 401k match. What's, what's the second thing we should look at? Well, if you're kind of putting in enough to get the employer match and kind of putting a baseline into the 401k, typically um, I'd want to consider opening and funding a Roth IRA at that point. Um, you can't put a ton of money in a Roth IRA, but for low income earners, maybe that's okay. I think the the numbers around six, 7,000, depending on your age. Um, it's not a lot every year, but it's certainly a lot for somebody who doesn't have a lot of income coming in. Um, but the beauty of those is while there's no tax deferral, um, tax deduction going in, it is tax deferred, I guess, but then it's um, never taxed again. And so getting money put aside in that, especially in the early years is is important. Um, People are like, oh gosh, I just don't have any extra to put in. Any amount you put in is fine. Um, I've seen a lot of people doing, you know, a hundred bucks a month or just something like that. If you just have it systematized, again, I'm big on the systemization. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you have it systematized, then it's going to happen quicker than you think. So um, I think that's important to just kind of set something up where it's a monthly draft from your checking to the Roth IRA, and, and yeah. you can make that happen. Yeah, like you said, even if it's you know 150 bucks a month, I mean, I pay that on TV subscriptions probably. You yeah. know, Netflix or Hulu, everyone, you know, get Peacock now to watch The Office, <laughs> Bars and Rec, you know. There's so many things now, but this is something so small that you can just do because, like you said, when you take take that out, it's not taxed at all. Right. Um, which, you know, a traditional 401K or regular IRA are. So that's great Yeah, strategy. and we want to have 
diversity in the account types, yeah. especially when you start talking about retirement and unwinding those accounts, having different buckets with different tax attributes is important. So that's why we kind of want to start that Roth IRA as soon as we can. Yep. And so now we have a 401k, hopefully you get the match. We're saving a little bit to the Roth IRA. Now let's say saved with 401k, I've, you know, I put 6,000, 7,000 into the Roth IRA. Now where do I go? Yeah. I mean, at that point, um, I'd say we probably need to max out the 401k. Um, important here to kind of note is I'm hoping that the emergency fund is funded. Okay, Sometimes yeah, yeah. a lot of people are kind of building up that emergency fund while they start their 401k. Um, and so we'd want to have that kind of in place before we just start maxing out the 401k. Yeah. That a number, it can be like up to, I think right now it's maybe $20,000 a year. That can be a lot. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, you know, there's certain people that are not going to get there right away. That's yeah. okay. Um, but kind of have that as a goal in your, in your kind of in the back of your mind. And so one way to do that is kind of my percentage method. Again, I started with 5% of my salary. Maybe every year I bump at 1%, yeah. six, 7%. Eventually you're going to actually find yourself there. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the easiest way to do it. Um, it's just kind of every year bumping in a tiny bit. Um, because you don't notice it as much, especially honestly with the traditional 401k because it's tax deducted you might say oh i'm going to increase it by a hundred dollars a week let's say your paycheck may only change by 60 or 70 dollars a week yeah because of the tax changes yeah, yeah and so um, it's an easy way to just make a slight adjustment there and try to get to maxing it out yep exactly so max out 401k now what <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this one um a lot of because, times because you know we do you know a lot of people are saying well i don't know i mean there are a lot of people who you know can save the 401k can have a roth ira you know and max out their 401k and have money left over and yeah. so you know if they're like well i don't really want to you know I'm not going on any huge vacations this year like what like what do i do with all this cash I, it's earning zero in my savings account right, right now like what do i do yeah i mean next would be the personal brokerage account at the at the point where we see people have enough income that they can max out their 401k and potentially they've been doing the Roth for years. Sometimes their income is so high now where yeah, they can't actually exactly, put money in the Roth. And so now we switch into, okay, a personal brokerage account, which is simply, you know, an account in your name or maybe joint with a spouse who just kind of, you know, where you're saving money and you're investing it. Um, it doesn't have to be all stocks, you know, and, and it could be a mixture of stocks and bonds, but you're trying to earn a little bit more than say you are on that emergency fund. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So bro personal brokerage account was just, you're, it's just a regular investment. It's a fancy word for just a regular investment account. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same as the savings account, right? Yeah, you just buy bonds and stocks mm -hmm. and, you know, is what it is from there. So I did not hear you mention education. Right. I'm a mid-career <laughs> professional. I have, I don't personally, but let's say, you know, 10, 15 years from now, I'm a mid-career professional, have a couple kids. They're, you know, gearing up for college in a few years. Like, why, why haven't I saved, you know, why, why maybe that? I, is not on the list. So okay. Yet. Well, I don't think it's not not on the list. It's okay. just going to be dependent on a person's circumstances. And like we kind of said before, flexibility and kind of saving to multiple buckets at one time. If it's an important piece of your plan, then I think it's something we talk about. But it is also important to note that a personal brokerage account could also be used for education. Yep, a Roth exactly. IRA could also be used for education. Yep. And those uh, vehicles kind of give you the most flexibility because you're simultaneously saving for, say, education or a car or yeah. a vacation. 
at the same time you're saving for retirement. And yep. so I, I'm kind of trying to embed as much flexibility into the plan as possible. So there is a place there for education accounts, but, um, you know, it's kind of a, a simultaneous goal. Yeah, and that's a good point that you can pull that, you know, out of Roth IRA to spend on education or uh, your brokerage account, whereas if it goes into education, it can really only be used for it. Or an education account, it can really only be used for an education right. purposes. Yep. And so that's, you know, that's important to keep in mind that, you know, we're not saying education isn't important, your children's education isn't important, but to have the flexibility with those other accounts to, you know, use them if you will, or what if your kid gets scholarship and then you have all this money sitting in a 529 account or Coverdell and you can't, you know, use these education accounts for, you know, your tuition. So what do you do with it? So again, that's, you know, flexibility is a huge goal there. Right. No, it is. And that's something that we think a lot about. And it's the reason why we kind of customize this kind of saving strategy to each person based on their exact situation and, you know, what their goals are. Yeah. And that's a, a good point that we do customize and, you know, we answer a lot of things sometimes jokingly in that it depends and because <laughs> it mostly does. That's, you know, why we see some that sometimes these articles or other advisors say this is the way it is for every single person. That's I find those people, those articles, those books kind of hard to relate to because it does depend. Right. I mean, if you're making $500,000 a year versus $40,000 a year, you may be reading the same article, but your goals are and your life are vastly different. Right. Um, so moving forward, so we have, you know, Number one was, you know, 401k employer match. Two, you know, kind of looking to your Roth IRA. Three, let's see if we can max out the 401k. Four, personal joint brokerage account. And then, you know, not maybe last, but education, specific education accounts maybe last. Yeah. So, you know, this is just for, you know, regular employee, mid-career professional. But what if I own my own business? Does Mm -hmm. any of that change? I don't know that it really changes. I think the big thing there is that the tax situation is going to be slightly different for someone who's self-employed and their retirement plans that are available to them are going to be a little bit different. So, you know, there are individual 401k plans out there for people who are self-employed, but there are other types of plans, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, things like that. And it's going to be dependent on, you know, how much income you have um, as, as the employer, you know, how much income does the employer have? Um, how many employees you have, because certain plans are available, you know, if I don't have any employees and certain plans are available if I have, you know, 100 employees. Yeah. Um, and and then just figuring out from the business perspective what you want to accomplish with it. So, you know, do you want to have profit sharing? Do you want to have matches? Th- things like that. And so, um, you know, it just depends. But, yeah, I mean, the idea behind it is the same. I think the, four, you know, the retirement plan. There's different options, <laughs> Yeah, right? there's different options. Yeah. But, but the idea behind it, you know, maybe if you just started your business, maybe Roth IRA makes the most sense in the yeah. beginning before you set anything up through through your company. But then eventually maybe you try to set up some type of um, specialized retirement plan there. Yeah, again, and, you know, it depends on your situation, like you said. So, um yeah, I think we kind of have a good baseline. We've talked about cash flow, budget, emergency funds, debt, and then, you know, where do we, you know, put those, you know, the ex- those excess funds and mm-hmm. what we just went through. So do you have anything else to kind of add as we wrap up here? No, it's been great discussion. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks, Aaron, for coming on, and thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.